Welcome to the RPG Podcast. And we are live. Oh, God, Pat! Presented by Sheep. A Time Wheel Production. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Robert Patton Global Podcast. I'm here with another big one. I was just saying, Mississippi Mean. We might call him uh, Jason the Kid Knight. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, brother. How about you? I get I get a little nervous at the beginning of these for some reason, but uh, I cool off just a, a little way through. I've been a big fan of yours since I saw you in the UFC, you know, and you were just very exciting fighter obviously a lot of people you, you built up a lot of hype and then i turned around and you were gone i was like what the fuck happened yeah man i i went on a four fight win streak got a little bit too much money so i started partying a little too hard and uh you know next thing you know i was kicked out well you know brandon marino he he is uh the current champion at 125 and you know he got kicked out or let go at one point and he built worked his way back and uh now he's a fucking champ how about that yeah that's pretty badass man i think he got kicked out in 2018 and then champ in 2021 or something like that that and you may very well be the champion of the pfl winning that millie that'd be pretty sweet yeah man that, that sounds even sweeter than a ufc contract right now i bet yeah, I've been watching the PFL more and, uh, you know, um, Wiz Khalifa is like part owner and they're doing, do you like rap at all or not so much? Okay. I'm more of a country fella. I mean, I figured cause you're from Mississippi, but you know, I was from Georgia and you know, there's a lot of rap. There's a lot of rappers are from Mississippi, I'm sure as well. But, uh, my, I don't know. I, what was my point? Did you play basketball at all? No, uh, because I you have played, J- sorry, played baseball and then uh, fighting since I was 14, so I didn't that's, really have much time for any other. That's what I wanted to talk about next. But the reason I brought up is because your name, Jason the Kid, Jason Kid, was a, a famous basketball player, but there's no there's no correlation. Yeah, Jason Kid's a pretty badass basketball player, too, though. Yeah, no, exactly. No, one of the best ever. Um, and I was, so I was going to, you were eight and O at 16. Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah. At 16, I was eight and O. Um, I turned pro. That was, that was a, as an amateur. I was eight and O. And then uh, I had two more fights before I turned pro. So I turned pro at 17 and I was 10 and O as an amateur. And uh, I had won two belts by that time and um my coach he come alan belcher he came up to me he's like man i think you ought to go pro i was like can i even go pro i'm only 17 and he's like man i've been talking to the athletic commission i told him you've been fighting grown men since he was 14 and he says if your mom will sign you know pretty much a permission slip then he'll let you go pro i was like sweet you know and then that's what i did it's kind of like joining the army in the military. You kind of, you got to get that little permission slip when you're 17. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in the army and, uh, I, but I joined pretty late. How old are you? Uh, now I'm 29. I just turned okay. 29. July the 14th. Okay. So you're still a young, youngin. That's good. I like that. Cause you got a long way to go, you know? Yeah, man. I, my plan is, uh, you know, I want to, I want to try to, I've been fighting for 15 years now. So I'm hoping within the next five, maybe seven years, I can accomplish everything I want to accomplish. And then, you know, go ahead and hang them up, hang up the hat. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. And right off into the sunset, I, are you like country? Do you do like farm shit? I mean, I, I like to hunt and fish, uh, ride four-wheelers. We, we go down in Mississippi. We got the best mud there is in the world, so we go mud riding a lot. Um, you know, other than that, you know, fishing, hunting, I love it. Hank the Third I, had, yeah, a, had I, a song. 
got any horses or anything like that, but I wouldn't mind it one day. Yeah, like cowboy. Sure. I, I mean, because I I went to his ranch, I got to meet him, and it was he's living the life a kid would want to kind of live if they had all the money they had to play with. Yeah, cowboy. Uh, I've been out there to his ranch to train, and he lives it up, dude. He's you know if you're not if you're not mountain biking, then you're you're out on the boat skiing. Uh, if you're not skiing, then you're out riding motorcycles. It's just like every day's an adventure at his house. So it's pretty, and and on top of that, you know, you'll train your ass off. He he wakes up like five thirty, six o'clock in the morning, trains his ass off, and then he'll go, you know, mess around, have some fun all day, and then that afternoon it's right back to the grind, you know. So, and and everything, every little activity that he does, you know, whether it's mountain biking or you know swimming or you know whatever it is it's all it's all some kind of workout in its own little way mm-hmm. you know, driving the motorcycles but uh everything that he does for fun it's it's some kind of a workout and you don't even realize that you're working out yeah i went i went and uh we were supposed to do a photo shoot and he he wasn't there he was out fucking like bull riding or uh, not, he was roping cattle and shit so like four hours later, he showed up and then we did the photo shoot. But I was, it was, and then after the photo shoot, we got to get in the sauna and his little fire yeah. sauna thing. That ass sauna out there. Yeah, it was so cool. We did like an hour and I got to just sit next to him. We, you know, it was cool. It was just a cool moment. Get that good energy. He's a, he's a, such a good dude. No doubt. Yeah. And, um, so when you you started fighting at fourteen, no, how did that happen? What did what happened? Man, I was I was just a bad kid. I always got in street fights, um, you know, at school or at the skating ring, you know, wherever wherever I could get in a fight at the baseball field, whatever. If somebody, you know, they all they had to do is say one or two crosswords or look at me crazy, and I was ready to fight. I was just I was a hot headed kid with a big temper. And uh, a guy, he's, he's now pretty much my brother-in-law. Um, at the time, he was just like a friend of the family. And he's like, hey, man, I, I want to teach you how to, how to box. And he really, at, at the time, I thought he knew how to box, but he really don't know how to box. He just uh, he got in his uh, living room, started holding pads for me, kind of teaching me how to throw straight punches. And then he goes out to a bar one night. And they're passing out flyers for a place called the Fight Club. And uh, whenever he, he, he comes home, he's got this flyer, and he's like, hey, man, you ought, to, you ought to call these people and see if they'll let you fight. So I called him. I was like, look, I'm 14. Can I fight? The guy says, I don't give a shit if you're 12. If your mom will sign a permission slip, you can fight. Well, uh, we, my mom took me down there that Monday, signed the piece of paper. I fought that Wednesday. And I just, I fell in love with it, dude. I never stopped. Um, I think, I think that was the best thing that's ever happened to me. I think, you know, since I've, since I was 14, since I started fighting cage fights, I think I maybe I've probably been in like four street fights. And that was just because, you know, it couldn't be avoided. But, um, you know, but. Before that, I I probably gotten four or five a year, you know, just just for the fun of it. Yeah, that was my kind of fun, my adrenaline rush. And now I get to do it, you know, as a living, you know, something that I, I can go out there and kick somebody's ass and not get in trouble for it. I love it. That sounds very sweet. I was just today. I had a a professional fighter. He's a professional fighter. He came to the house and he was hit, helping me like hit pads with him. His name is Dylan King. He just got signed to fury and okay. he's got a three fight deal. So I'm excited for him. And I, I love what you guys do. I like the aspect of the mental, like the mental, the physical, the training. I'm not going to fight per se. I'll do a little sparring. I'd like to spar it up. Yeah. It's not the same, I guess, but uh, like, but the mint like so typically this podcast you can't quite see it the rpg podcast robert Patton global we talk about success and like what it takes to be successful you you know and 
sounds like you kind of just were a natural a little bit. Yeah, man. I, I guess you could say that. Um, you know, I, I've had to work hard for it because what I was saying, you know, I wouldn't really call myself a natural. Um, I, I never, I had to work real hard to get any kind of talent. You know, uh, I didn't have any natural abilities, but naturally I've had, I've had the heart all along, you know, I've, uh, yes. that's not can't teach. You know, you can't teach somebody how to take a punch or can't really teach anybody how to not give up in a bad situation. Um, you know, that, that comes from somewhere deep within. And I've had that since I was born, I guess, you know, I've, I've always, if you put me in a corner, I'm trying to fight my way out. You put me in a bad position. I'm not stopping until it's over. And yeah, you know, that's just the way it is. I feel like I'm similar in that regard with the heart thing. You know, I'm 5'8", 150, 160, slow. I, I tried to play basketball when I was young. And I, every, like, I had to try so hard just to be average. Or, you know what I mean? And, yeah. but I always had that heart. And maybe I feel like if I, maybe if I had put that towards fighting, maybe I would have been better at fighting. But ultimately, it transitioned into the army and business and like that no quit shit. Like I won't off, you know, fight metaphorically till the bitter end, you know, let's go. You'll fail a million times to succeed once. That's exactly, exactly. That's one of my favorite quotes. That's a Michael Jordan kind of a thing. And, uh, do, where do you get inspiration from? Like, you know, uh, you know, really, uh, I've never, I've never done it before. Never really got inspir inspiration from anybody before. But uh, here lately, I've been listening to Eric Thomas. Okay. Um, but he's got this, he's got this one uh, motivational speech where he's talking about I can, I will, I must. And you know, anytime, uh, like anytime that. Uh, that you're you're feeling like you don't want to do something. He said, think about you know three three people in your life, three main people, and whether it's your, your wife, your kids, uh, your mom, whatever whatever it is. He said, think about them and, and draw from them. You know, I can, I will, I must. And uh, I've got three kids, and every here lately, every time that I've woke up, and I'm like, man, I. God, I don't feel like going to the gym today. Man, I don't want to make that driver. Man, I, don't want, I can, I will, I must. And then next thing you know, I'm putting my shoes on, headed out the door. And uh, I really like that. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, you know, keep that in my head this whole training camp. And uh, as I'm in the cage, walking out, all that good stuff, it's gonna be right there. That's gonna be like my mantra, or whatever you want to call it. I'm gonna be. Repeat it over and over the whole fight. Whatever I got to do, I can, I will, I must. I can, I will, I must. I like it. I love it. It it reminds me of two things. One being something I say, and I'm like, I can't do it, Captain. I don't have the power. And then <laughs> another voice in my says, I but you can and you will, and uh, and I and, and I will. And I like yes, I can and I will. Kind of silly. But also, Rose Namajunas just won the championship, and she was sitting there before the fight started against Jang Wei Li, and was just, I, I'm the best in the world. I'm the best in the world. I'm the best of the world. You've never noticed that, but uh, it's every fight with Rose. Every fight with Rose. It might not be I'm the best in the world every time, but every fight, if you watch her before the fight, you can watch her lips repeat something over and over and over and over. And she goes out there and she does her thing, bro. And you do too. I guess you just, like you said, had you got too caught up in, in the, the glitz and the glamour and the glory or whatever. That's it. You know, I, I just, uh, I had I had enough money to do anything I wanted to do. I, I went from, you know, I might have made $20,000 a year before the UFC. All of a sudden, they just drop eighty grand in my lap like it's nothing, and I'm like, "Let's go, you know, let's <laughs> get in their truck, let's go party." And that's what I did, you know. If I if I went out 
And I call up one of my friends and be like, hey, man, uh, what you doing tonight? I'm uh, not much. You know, just sitting around the house like, hey, we're going out to the bar. You want to go? Oh, man, I ain't got no money. Then to get in the truck. Let's go. I got you. And then do that with like six people. And then I go up to the, to the bar to get shots, and I'm buying shots for six people versus just buying them for myself, thinking that I'm a millionaire. And really, in, in all reality, I, I didn't have enough money to last a year if I, if I bought like that. And uh, that's what I, that's what I did, man. I I would ball so hard, you know, right after a fight that you know the money wouldn't last me until the next fight, and it should definitely should have. It should have easily. And uh, I would I would get low on money, and then I would take a fight on short notice just because I needed to make some money. You know, I needed to get in there and make some money. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna win this one and turn it all around. And no, that's that's not how it happened. You know, the the more that I took short notice fights, the more that I I did dumb shit, the worse it got for me. And um, yeah, at the time I was young and I didn't really realize that I was my own worst enemy. I was the I was the problem. And uh, yeah, I'm glad I learned the lesson early in life because they say at 28 you're you're in your prime. I'm 29 now. And I feel better than ever. So I'm going to go out here and fight the way that I'm supposed to train the way that I'm supposed to. And I don't even care to party anymore. I got, I got all that out of my system. And now, you know, I'm going to go out here and I do this the right way. Every time I, I get my hand raised, I'm going to thank God for the opportunity. If I lose, I'm going to thank God for the opportunity and uh, yeah, see where it takes me. Yeah, that attitude of gratitude just will, according to these books I read, it just brings more good to you. This podcast is brought to you by ohanakavabar.com. Now, ohana means family, but what is kava? Kava is a root from the South Pacific. It makes you calm and happy. Just go to ohanakavabar.com, choose your favorite brew. They have many to choose from with more on the way. And I personally like the tincture. It tastes good. It gets you quick and you're calm and relaxed in a moment. It cools and calms the nerves. And I think you'll like it. Let them know we sent you. Support this podcast by supporting our sponsors and support this company. So go to ohanakavabar.com, use promo code SHEATH. You're going to love it. It doesn't taste that great, but chase it with a nice pineapple. You will not be disappointed. Trust me on that. ohanakavabar.com, Ohana's family. Use promo code SHEATH. You're welcome. Last but not least, sheathunderwear.com the greatest underwear on the planet, the underwear of legends, the underwear that keeps your balls from sticking to your legs. That's right. This is the best underwear because it keeps your boys cool. Check out sheathunderwear.com. Back to the show. You know, if you're all bitter, you're going to get a bunch of bad kind of negativity. It's like the law of attraction. I'm sure you've heard of that. You know, the way I see it, you know, uh, getting kicked out of the UFC, it wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. You know, uh, I got kicked out of the UFC shortly after I got signed to Bare Knuckle. Um, I fought Artem Lobov twice. The first one was the most bloody, gruesome fight I think I've ever seen in my life. And uh, I gained, you know, a lot of fans behind that. And, uh, you know, I feel like my stock and nothing but rose since I got out of the UFC. And I believe that if I go out here, even if I don't win the million dollars in the PFL, if I just go out here and show everybody that I'm back, that, you know, I'm, I'm focused, I'm ready, and I'm here, you know, to, to play this game for real, then I believe that my stock's just going to keep rising. Yeah, you seemed unbeatable. And that fucking tattoo on your back is so cool. I love that and shit. It's still a little ugly right now. I'm not done with it. Um, I had when I when I was 15, 
um, my dad, we was living in this trailer park, and my dad had this lady come over doing tattoos for everybody. I'm like, Daddy, can I get a tattoo? He's like, yeah, sure, get whatever you want. And I don't know if you've ever seen Chuck Liddell's uh, shirts, that the pit has got Chuck going, <laughs> doing this. I love yeah. that. I have a poster well, right here. Yeah. And I tell him, like, hey, this is what I want. Well, the guy draws it up, and it looks badass on paper. It looks awesome. Well, uh, I was like, put that on my back. You know, it's got the cage there, and it's got Chuck doing this. And uh, it's got the big skull face or whatever. Well, uh, anyways, I'm like, I want this. Well, whenever he puts it on my back, it does not look the same. Like, I, like this big, the head's like this big. It looked like I had a big-ass bobblehead on my back. You're right. So, uh, yeah, it looked like I had a big-ass bobblehead on my back. So, I would say probably 17, 18, you know, I done got fed up with the tattoo. I wanted it gone. It just did not look the way I wanted it. So I find this tattoo shop that wants to sponsor me, and I tell them, look, just give me some big-ass wings. You know, uh, what's Benson Henderson. I told him I wanted some wings kind of like his. So he's like, look, man, we're going to have to do a lot of black to, to get this covered up. I was like, all right, cool. So the plan was we're going to do a lot of black to cover it up, and then we're going to go back and we're going to add in grays and whites and purple and stuff like that to to add details. Well, I have not got around to getting the detail added yet. So right now it's just a big ass black blob, but I like it. You know, it's uh, it's a lot better than what I had before. I got a cover up. I've had I've had a cover up, and I have the sheath like on the back of on my back. It's just not a fun process to have the needles going back i'm like didn't you already do that spot why are you still yeah. that? See, my my back really i don't know why like after about an hour my back went numb yeah I did, it didn't even bother me anymore wow uh, i've got both rib cages you know i've got scriptures on both sides and i'm telling you now that is the worst pain i think i've ever been through in my life it's like every every little word that he tattooed on yeah, I just held my breath and just sucked it in. But, uh, you know, I, I can deal with the back over again. But the rib cage, you're never touching my ribs ever again. Yeah, I, had, I just had my back touched up, the, just like the lines redrawn out. But uh, you have the scripture. What do, you, what, what do, they, what do they say on, on there? Uh, one says, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in this world. We can do all things through Christ Jesus, who loves us, who strengthens us. Walk by faith, not by sight. And then the other one, it's a mouthful. It says, uh, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength. I'm sorry. The Lord is, yeah, the Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, some, something similar to that. That's anyway, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was I, I spent a lot of time just kind of flipping through the Bible and trying to find the right Bible verse that I felt like suited me. And I was like, that's the one. That's the yeah. one. And this, uh, the greater is he that lives in me. Um, a lot of people probably don't know this, but uh, when I was 17, I caught a robbery charge. I was hanging out with the wrong friends, taking Xanaxes and stuff. And I wound up, I, I went to prison. Well, I went I went for six months. To, it's called the RID program. It's it's almost like kitty prison. You know, it's like a boot camp kind of deal. Bunk beds well, uh, and shit. Yeah, I went I went when I was twenty, got out when I was twenty one, and then made it to the UFC when I was twenty three. But anyways, we always had this little prayer group and uh at the end of the prayer group we would always we would always chant that. You know, we'd say it loud enough so that way everybody in the whole building could hear us. You know, greater is he that lives in me than he that is in this world. We can do all things through Christ Jesus, who loves us, who strengthens us, walk by faith, not by sight. And uh, yeah, that that stuck with me for a long time. And I was I like, I got to 
It says faith. I mean, but it's like believing in yourself. Also, I love Jesus. A lot of people hate Jesus these days. I'm like, take it easy on Jesus. He was a good guy. That's it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can't say I'm a Bible thumper. Or, you know, I'm, I'm the best Christian in the world. Right? I believe in God. And, you know, I believe that whenever we die, we're either going to heaven or hell. And I sure hope it's heaven for me. Same here. I mean, if it's all black, then it's all black. But I'd rather hope that I go and and live in in like a peaceful nirvana. Yeah. The the way I see it, I believe that you know, uh, I believe that I don't know. I don't know for sure. I don't. I don't think it's gonna be a lake of fire or streets of gold. You know, I think it's gonna be. Either your worst nightmare playing over and over again, or your greatest, you know, your best dream, you know, the place that you always thought of, you know, as as a happy place. That's going to be what you have after you die. Your happy I'm place. Happy. Yeah. Like Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I man. I'm hoping I'm I'm hoping I'm fishing with my brother or something. You know, whenever I die, you know, fishing with my brother and hanging out with my kids, you know, something like that. Indeed. Yeah. I, I've been, I went to like another dimension, if you will. I did DMT. You probably heard of it. Maybe like, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I was, I, I dabbled with acid a couple years ago and, uh, that's what wound up getting, you know, that's, that's what wound up bringing me closer to God. Um, I tried acid, had the worst trip in the world, um, and and thought that I was never coming back. And <laughs> you know, now I have pretty much PTSD because of it. And uh, the I feel like the only thing that helped me helped me get right in my head was you know, getting in church, getting it right with God. And uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely see what I, I know what to talk about <laughs> being in another dimension. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just was like, there's something outside of this body. And, you know, we'll find out soon enough. Hopefully not too soon. I'm going to... I got stuff to do. Yeah, man. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I was stuck, you know, in that other dimension that you're talking about. And, and no matter what turn I took, I always ended up back at the same place oh, until shit. just one... Finally, one day I took the right turn and it led me back to real life. It, it was, yeah, it was rough. Wow. That sounds like a bad trip. Mine, I'll explain like, so I did the DMT and you just like, you take this big bong hit and you put it a little bit on a little bit of weed or whatever. And you got to hold it in though and hold it, hold it, hold it until like you start getting the wah-wahs and like everything starts shaking. And I feel like I did like they say you shoot out of the top of your head, but I like time slowed down. Sat, we were listening to music and it went like, and it like stopped. And then I start going through this portal and all these doors start opening, like all these doors are opening and you're going through and I pop out on the other end and it's a glass house with white furniture and chesters, chester, like jesters drinking tea civilized they're all civilized and they turned to me and he saw me and he goes Shh. and that's all he said but what i got from it was we have this under control you don't need to be here you saw it you it's real but go back to your dimension and handle business there and that's the last time i did dmt but it was i was like that was trippy <laughs> yeah I, I i get it man uh uh, hold on one second. My light just went out. <laughs> on a... You're good. You're totally good. Uh, it's on a timer. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, as soon as you walk in the door and turn your light on, I think it's like 30 minutes or something like that, and then it. Just off on its own. Uh, where are you at? I'm an American Top Team oh, uh, in Coconut Creek, Florida. And the uh, the downstairs is the gym. The upstairs is almost like an apartment complex. Dan, and uh, it's pretty badass, man. I love it. You bet. You met Dan Lambert. Yeah, I met Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert's really cool. Um, 
the the first time I came out here, I came out here just for a week, and I was getting ready for my last fight, which was uh, the the Masvidal's bare knuckle MMA. I fought yeah. crazy, but uh, I talked to Dan. I talked to Dan about you know he he was saying he would try to get me in PFL and blah blah blah, and uh, you know I was like hell yeah that'd be awesome. You know, yeah, basically asked me, was I interested? I told him, hell yeah, I'm interested. Hell yeah. And then um, after my last fight, I, I decided to sign with Sucker Punch um, as a management company. And Brian Hamper, he called me back like the, the next day after I, I talked to him about signing with him. He was like, hey, man, I got you an offer of PFL. I was like, hell yeah, that's awesome. And then uh, and we took it. So now I'm up. I'm, I just got here on Monday. And I'll be here all month. You know, I feel like feel like if I just stick it out here and I train as hard as I can this whole month, then you know, by August twenty seventh, I'm going to be a completely different animal. August twenty seventh. Okay. And who are you fighting? Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure yet. I I've got the promotional contract. Uh, I'm signed with PFL now. But I do not have a bad agreement just yet. Um, not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, we're training for it all over. I got to fight them all. Whoever's a hundred. Who? So, but somebody fell out, right? Is that's why you got pulled in, or no? I honestly have no clue. I, uh, I didn't ask any questions. I just said, "Where do I sign?" Yeah. Because the P, I don't full. I mean, the PFL is like a season, and you have. Yeah, I think think right now I'm just kind of like a, a, almost like an alternate fight, and um, if I, I think if I win this one, then I'm entered into next year's you know, tournament or whatever. Oh, I'm not, okay. I'm not, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that I, I win this one. And then, uh, you know, get in the tournament next year, four fights, win all four of them, make a million bucks. And you get paid also during the third fight also. Oh, that's great. Okay, that's awesome. I've been watching it. Um, We were sponsoring Tyler Diamond, and he, I don't know if if you've been watching, he's a good fighter. He came up with Bryce Mitchell in that um, Ultimate Fighter show. Yeah, yeah, I know how that means. I've uh, I went out to Alpha Male one time, and he was out there trying with him a tiny bit, not not much, but a tiny bit. And are you one forty five or fifty five, or do you change one forty five? Okay, good. Right, I mean, some people go in between and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I've fifty five probably two or three times in my career, but one forty five is just so easy for me to make, so I just stick right there. Yeah, you're way bigger than that dude you just fought on Gamebred. Uh what was his name? Uh Charles Bennett. Um he calls himself felony nowadays, but his real name's Crazy Horse. He got you with one punch there. <laughs> Fucking yeah, he got yeah, the right one on. punch. And uh his timing was super sneaky. You know, usually, usually almost every fight I've been in, I come out and I land my double jab right off the rip, and you know, I hit them first. And I swear, I thought it was going to be no different. But as soon as I came in with that double jab, it was like he he was waiting on it. As soon as I tried to throw that first punch, you come right over the top with a little check hook, and uh, it caught me off guard. Kind of wobbled me a little bit, but uh, you know. I was ready for war after that. You know, I'm I'm one of those guys that I really don't turn on until I get hit a time or two, and it it definitely lit a fire under me. I was trying to get that back, and then uh, he shot in. Like I don't know if he if he shot in for a takedown or if he just threw a, a crazy punch. I looked down and his head's like right there by my waist, so I just jumped on his back and started working for that choke. Yeah. Yeah, after that, it was over. That was pretty quick. Jesus, the wind is blowing back here. Um, you know, I didn't, I, I caught some of the bare knuckle boxing fight. That shit is brutal. Tell me, like, what do you think? And, and like, is that even smart to do or like what? 
I mean, honestly, the only thing that ever really bothered me about bare knuckle was my hands. Um, I never broke either one of them, but man, they would swell up so bad. It'd take like a month before you could even go and punch anything again. You know, you couldn't hit pads, couldn't do anything except for, you know, maybe movement drills or something. You can't, can't really use your hands for a solid month. And I think that was, that was the main thing that made me, you know, steer away from bare knuckle just because, you know, they say some of the fighters, they, they try to throw their punches lighter so that way they don't damage their hands. But, uh, you know, 120 is the only way that I know. You know, I, I can't, I can't try to hit you unless I'm trying to knock you out with the, with pretty much every punch. And, it. uh, you know, it just doesn't work for me. My hands got swollen up. They hurt. And, uh, you know, my last fight, they paid me really good. And then they tried to offer me a three-fight contract and wanted me to pretty much cut my paycheck in half. And you don't you don't go down after you win a fight. You know, that's, uh-huh. that's that. But uh, I, they, they tried to pretty much blame it on the whole COVID thing or whatever. But, you know, that, that's no excuse to me. You know, you, you still got the money. I'm not stupid. You can either pay me what, what you're supposed to pay me or I won't fight. You know? Yeah, you can be patient. I feel, and that's what you were saying earlier about when you were spending all your money and you had to take these short notice fights just to get the money. It's like, if you can pace that out better, you can be patient and, you know, and get a better yeah. deal. I, I learned, you know, a few years back that, you know, just because you just had $30,000 or $60,000, $100,000, whatever it is, just because you had that and you don't anymore, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's, it's really not. Uh, I've lived broke pretty much my whole life. So if I have to be piss poor broke while I'm waiting on a good opportunity, then that's fine. You know, I'll take that. I'll, I'll barely scrape by until something happens. And then whenever it happens, It'll be on my terms, not on someone else's, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like looking for these books. I'm just going to recommend them to you. This is called Think and Grow Rich. It was written in 1908 by Napoleon Hill, and he got like all of the most successful men of that era, interviewed them, boiled down a philosophy of success, and wrote a book about it. it like what all the characteristics of these successful people were and like what they maybe did to uh get better at them or whatever and it's just it's like my bible and then this is the second one he wrote which is even it's like the same book but a little bit easier and more fun to read so you could just read this one success through a positive mental attitude we'll have it in the show notes i'm not making any money off that but like i was you know i had that heart you know we were, you were talking about but i didn't like know what to do with my life and I had corporate jobs and I went and I ultimately ended up joining the army because I failed out of college. I partied, I got arrested. I did, I went to jail. I did four months in a detention center in middle Georgia, which is probably similar to middle fucking Mississippi. Right. Yeah, sure. And, uh, it sucked. And I definitely, I stopped doing what I was doing, which was a powdered substance at the time. Uh, <laughs> so I like, no more of that, <laughs> but, sure, and, sure. you know, and, and so I like, I had a kid and she was just going nowhere. So I joined the army and that was a huge pivotal step up in my life. I did really well. You know, I, I went to Iraq twice, but I just did good at my job and I gained rank. And, but then I ultimately had this idea for the underwear and I got out and I kind of attributed always to this book, these books and these ideas, like one being, this is my first tattoo. It's from chapter three of think and grow rich. And it's just about having like faith in yourself. And or I'm not sure what it even means anymore. Actually, I kind of forgot, but uh, there is a, a belief, you know, take that first step and like, and you, you know, it like, you just have to have faith that the doors are going to open when, when you get there and whatnot. And when you, I don't know when, like, I don't know how you can relate it to fighting, but I typically do because you guys have the most difficult job where you have to give like every single thing you have 
you have to be obsessed with it in order to be successful, to be the best. Sure. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you're not pretty much obsessed with it, I mean, I have kids and uh, I've had family and stuff like that. So since I was 19, I had my first kid when I was 19. So since I was 19, I've had to you know, manage both. You know, I've had to sacrifice a lot of time with my family. And, you know, also kind of figure out how to, to train and be with my family at the same time. And it, it's very, very hard. If It's something that if you don't just absolutely love it, then you're not going to just stick with it. You know, uh, like right now, I'm spending a month away from my kids. Um, I just had them, you know, pretty much all summer. And I'm going to go home uh, for for two days and, and I not this Friday, but next Friday, you know, that's two weeks in. We'll go home, spend two days with my kids, fly back out here and spend another three weeks out here. But that's, that's super hard. You know, a guy like me, I love spending time with my kids. I love, you know, being with my family and to, to mentally be able to get out here and still focus on this and, you know, not really, worry so much about what's back home that's a hard thing to do um you know but the 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 thing for me that that really drove me to finally come out here and and spend a full camp out because like my whole ufc career i never left no longer than two weeks like if i if i left i was back you know whenever it was time to get my kids i was back every time and now uh you know my my mentality is this: if if I go and spend this month away from my kids, then it gives me the opportunity to go out here and win this this big ass opportunity, this big fight, and you know then I, I do it again for the next training camp and again for the next training camp. If I spend that little bit of time away from my kids, then in the future that's going to open up doors for me to be able to to really spend more time with them, you know. Then provide. Yeah, like if I if I'm at home and uh, if I got my kids, guess what? They're going to the gym with me. Yeah, we're 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 together, but we're not really spending time together. I'm not able to take them out and do different stuff because my life is consumed around training. And uh, you know, I feel like if if I can get this done and over with within the next five years or so, then I get to spend endless amounts of time with my kids before they get too old to, to, you know, for it really to affect them too much that I'm gone. And, uh, you know, hopefully at the same time, I'm setting up, you know, college funds and, and you know, preparing for their future as well. You know, uh, hopefully giving them some kind of head start in life that I didn't have. And, you know, that's, that's where I'm at now. I, I don't care about partying. I don't care about hanging out with the buddies or none of that. It's setting up something for my kids and a future for myself as well. So I feel like I'm, I'm unstoppable right now. I love that plan. Like, and you have a definitive time frame. That's part of like the secret shit. You know, you're like, what do you want to get done? When do you want to get it done? How are you going to do it? seeing that vision like in the future of like you with your hand raised and fuck you know have with that belt around your waist and all that stuff or whatever you want which i'm assuming you want something like that but um that's a lot that's all in this book but like since you're in at coconut creek florida at this place um american top team what are you trying to do you know you're, I mean, because I imagine you're already, you've been doing it for 13 years. It's so natural to you. You know what you're doing. It's like, you don't have to think. And tell me if I'm wrong. As of right now, you know, it's, I got I to gotta improve my wrestling because okay. that's, the, that's the week game. Improve my wrestling and, then, you know, just keep working on everything else. Trying to close any kind of holes that I have in my game and prepare, you know, mentally and physically for war you know i'm fixing to go out here and i've got to to go to battle on august 27th against whoever is in front of me 
and I have to get him out of the way if I want to you know, be entered into the tournament. I have to go out here and, and put on a show that, you know, keeps me in the running. And uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much where my focus is at right now. Just get past this guy and sign the contract for the next guy. I think, like, all things equal, if you're equal – and it's your heart against this other dude's heart, you're going to win. That's, that's the plan, man. Uh, you know, if, we, if we're similar in skill, I promise you I'm going to outmatch him in heart. There, yeah. I don't see anybody in this world that has more heart than I do that wants this worse than I do. And you know, my, I'm focused mentally on the correct things versus you know, the parties and stuff like that. And a focused, determined Jason Knight, that's a dangerous man. I love it. Um, so you're there because you're, you're away from your kids, you know, so you're sacrificing. You have this goal and you're giving everything you have toward it. And is it, is it cool there? You know, like is Tyron Woodley there or whatever? Uh, Tyron Woodley's not here, but uh, Jorge Masvidal, Dustin Poirier, uh, Oski, uh, man, there's there's a who's who of people. Um, Edson Barbosa, uh, man, there, there's way more than that. Uh, Marlon Marais. It's just, it's incredible the amount of people here. There's like back home, I might have, uh, you know, five five different guys that are are close to elite level. You know, that are close to the next level. I come here and. I've got 60 people, you know, all day, every day that are elite level. You know, there's elite level coaches. Uh, you know, Mike Brown's down here coaching. Uh, man, there's just – there's uh, King Moe's down here coaching. There's I would just, get Mike and Matt Brown mixed up, but Mike is the immortal or Matt? Which one uh, I, I'm not even sure, but – You don't know? Mike okay, Brown, he's the short, stocky one. Okay. 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 That beat Brian Faber. Oh, nice. That's a big yeah. win. Yeah, he uh, he beat Uriah Faber back whenever Uriah was on the tier. Uriah uh, WEC. Uriah was killing everybody, and then uh, he, this guy comes in out of the blue and just dominates Uriah Faber. And that was the first time I ever heard of him. Now he coaches he coaches uh, an MMA class, and I get to attend it. So it's pretty awesome. And he's in your weight class. No, you're he, uh, 55er, but he's retired nowadays. Um, you know, there's it's just it's crazy. You know, you go down there, you just all I gotta do is get in the elevator and go downstairs. You know, one one story, and there's the biggest gym that I've ever been to right down there, and everything's at my fingertips. You know, all these training partners, uh, all these awesome coaches. Uh, a world-class facility is all just right here and I don't have to go anywhere to do it. You know, when I'm at home, um, I drive 45 minutes mm. to, to my first session and I leave from there. I drive another 30 minutes to my next training session. Then I drive 45 minutes home. I'm there for 30 minutes or an hour. Then I drive another hour in the opposite direction to my last training session and then I go home, get something to eat, get a shower, go to sleep, wake up the next morning, do it again. And so that's like, that's at least four hours worth of driving pretty much mm -hmm. every day when I'm here. I walk downstairs. I don't even have to get in my truck unless I just decide I want to go get something to eat. And uh, that's amazing. You know? And while I'm at home, uh, like I, I started training. For this particular fight, I started training about three and a half weeks ago at home. And like I said, I've had my kids all summer. I have a five-year-old, a six-year-old, and a nine-year-old. Nine. Yeah, five, six, and nine. And uh, every time I go to the gym, they're in the truck with me. And <laughs> I don't know if you've had, you know, three little badass kids. No. You know, truck, they're fighting over who's looking at me or – he, he did this, she did that, uh, I'm hungry, you know, this, this, and that. 
and it's just it's so stressful. <laughs> but now I'm here. I'm I'm stress free, and you know I get I still get to talk to my kids on the phone and stuff. So yeah, you know, I'm missing them. But they know why I'm here. They they know all about Daddy's fighting. They know about me training. They know why I why I'm here. They know what I'm trying to do. And you know, of course, they miss me as well. But they understand. They they're old enough to where they realize Daddy's gone because he's training because he's got a fight coming up. So I'm. It's not like I'm just here. And my kids are wondering where their daddy's at. Uh, cool with both of the baby mamas, so I can call and talk to my kids anytime I want. And when I get home, my kids will be there. You know, so we're good to go. Are you? That's beautiful. Um, are you? Do you focus heavily on conditioning? I'm, I mean, I, mean I, I guess that's silly, but tell me. Yeah, I, I focus on everything, really. You know, um, I, I just get out there. You know, one day we got a wrestling class. One, you know, or say, all right. So today. I did a kickboxing class this morning and boxing uh, this afternoon. Yesterday, I did uh, a kickboxing class. I sparred, and then I did strength conditioning last night. The day before that, I did a wrestling class. I did an MMA class, and then a, a jiu-jitsu class. And, you know, so it's kind of constant. Every day, there's there's something new, and each class you get. A little bit of everything out of you get you know your strength and conditioning, uh, your your all, all of the the cardio and stuff. It's going to come from every class as well. Yeah. I also got strength and conditioning on top of that, but uh, just the the constant grind. You got an elite level athlete trying to take you down, an elite level athlete trying to punch you in the face, an elite athlete trying to submit you. You either got to get better, you got to get in shape, or you get your ass ran over out here. Uh-huh. And that's what I love. Um, I've never, I've never really had that for an extended period of time. Just you know, guys on the next level who are they're trying to beat me. They're not. I'm not out there, you know, with guys that are just letting me win. You know, so it's either I go out there and I, I get better, or I get ran over. And each day I'm going to improve. Yeah, there's there's no no if ands or buts about it. Sounds a little bit like the Ultimate Fighter, the show, kind of, you know, just living, eating, breathing MMA. How, how's uh? And we'll we'll I, we're gonna we're coming up towards the end. We'll, but um, how's do you care uh, like a lot about your diet? You know, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but I. I, here lately, I've been uh, I've been taking my protein, and uh, there's this stuff called Super Greens. It replaces your vegetables and your fruit because I never in my life have I ever ate fruit and vegetables. Um, I most of it's That's just okay. the texture. I can deal with the flavor, but the texture of most of it, I just can't get it down. But uh, I've never I've never taken anything to substitute that ever. And then you know, here for the last probably two months I've been taking the super greens and man, I'm telling you, it's making a world of difference. I, I take that. I take, uh, the super greens I take the protein. I take a multivitamin every day. And then I take, uh, the BCAAs and it's really helping my body out a lot. The, the amino acids. Okay. I might but, need to write that one down because I'm breaking down I, over here. I'm getting other than I eat anything I want, man. Uh, I eat all day, every day. I walk around about 160 pounds, and to cut to 145, I start at 158, cut about 13 pounds, and I do it really easy. I got starting a month or so out from camp. I drink at least a gallon of water, and then once I get down to the last two weeks, I'm drinking two gallons of water every day. And uh, yeah, whenever I get in the sauna, it just falls off of me, and. My my metabolism is ridiculous, so I yeah. can I eat Burger King and Pizza Hut and you know Buffalo Wild Wings all in the same day and never gain a pound. It's it's like my body just eats it off as fast as I mean. Of course, I'm doing stuff to to work it off as well. But it's like mm-hmm. my body. If I don't eat, you know, I could probably eat a little more healthy and maybe feel a little better. 
But if I don't eat constantly, then I'm just, it's like I'm starving. And I don't know if maybe I got a tapeworm or what it is, you know, I eat constantly. You're running hot. Um, yeah, I mean, I would advise like fish and rice and like a, a an oriental sort of possibly diet, but you're young, you know, and I think that you're still 29. So you have that going for you as, as you get older. It's like in order to still perform at that level, I feel like you got to use all the little, uh, you know, opportunities, I guess. What I do is like, uh, whenever I get about a month out from the fight, I just, I cut out fast foods and I cut out most of my sweets. Uh, I, I start, I start cooking home cooked meals which, you know, they're not a thousand times better, but I'm not eating fried foods every day and stuff like that. Um, that that's basically, I'll stop eating gummy worms and shit for a month. <laughs> I like it. No, that's good. Okay. So that makes, that makes sense. Well, cause I went, so I'll tell you a story. I went to basic training and, um, I was 26. So I started a little bit late. I could kind of rent, hit a dead end in life. And so, and they were giving out all these bonuses to join the Iraq war because they wanted that oil and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and so I joined and I went, so I went to basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and they had two options for food in the food line every morning and and morning noon and night and they had like a healthy line and a fast food line and i for whatever reason i'm like i'm never going to eat in the fast food line while i'm here i'm just going to do and it was like fish and rice and greens and oatmeal and egg whites and you know whatever i didn't give a fuck at the time i was 26 it was like whatever um but i was competing against these college kids who had just uh they were like um Anyways, they were college athletes. One of them was a football player. One of them was a track star. And they were younger and just more athletic and just naturally athletic. You could tell by looking at them, they were just... Anyways, we go the whole... Uh, you know, it was like 13 weeks or nine weeks. And I was winning. It was us three, like at the very top at the, at the last for the last test. And the day before the test... Uh, the PT test, you know, um, I'm eating my fucking rice and greens and rice and shit or fish. And the dude I'm competing against, he has his burger and he goes, oh. and he starts smiling. He's like, I'm still going to beat you. And uh, the next day I, I won, you know, he, it was, he didn't even like get past the first, um, you have to do like, as many push-ups as you can do in two minutes, as many sit-ups as you can do in two minutes, and then run two miles. And uh, I did like 130 push-ups and 120 sit-ups, and I ran it in like 12 minutes or whatever. But I got the I won high PT for my basic training. It, I don't know why I mentioned that, other than I like to brag about that sometimes. Uh, yeah. I, like you said, the diet probably definitely had an effect. It probably definitely. Your body was more fueled than his with the right shit. That's all. Those. Yeah, yeah, and I busted my ass, you know. So it it was fun being in the that doing all you know shooting and fucking playing soldier and whatnot. For sure, I never I never had the balls for it, man. Uh, of course, I, I caught a felony pretty early too, but. Um, I even even before I caught a felony, I had, I never had it in my mind. I never had the balls for it. It was probably more out of desperation, and I actually had a felony, and they gave me a waiver because I they just were letting anyone in at the time. You know, it seemed like at that it was two thousand six, so you were yeah. probably too young. Like you wanted that oil. What's that? Like you said, they wanted that oil. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. When I learned all the shit that was going on, or at least the conspiratorial stuff, I was like, I'm not, I don't want to go back there anymore. I'm, I mean, I, I've participated and, and you, a lot of people probably got rich and I'm just going to go do my thing. And I, and I got out basically, but I, I still love you. I still love America. 
So, so where did the idea of the sheet underwear come from? I was there in Iraq on my second tour and I had already, I had made Sergeant by this time. So I went on my first tour, I was a private first class and my second tour, just a year later, I was a Sergeant. So I had my own team. We went to Camp Spiker to crit. I was a part of a unit that we were like very specialized and we had very small teams and we would go to, we were scattered on all the bases. So when we go as a, a unit, a company, and then we split into these like squads. So, you know, Baghdad got 10, Balad got 10, we got five because we were smaller and Mosul, blah, blah, blah. Had two in Afghanistan. And then the, the main, main place was in um, Kuwait. But long story short, uh, the, my second tour was much more relaxed. Like the first tour, there was dead bodies everywhere. It was crazy. Second tour, not a whole lot going on. I'm going to college doing my thing. We're at the compound and <laughs> I fucking, it was just hot, hotter than the devil's balls. Right. One might say. And, uh, I was wearing some old underwear. I, I had someone else's underwear. I think so it got mixed up and it was just like itching my thighs and chafing like hell. Yeah. Chafing a lot of that. And I, I just had one of those moments. Like if everything was separated, I wouldn't, be having to unstick myself and you know be uncomfortable for sure yeah came up with the idea man i swear i love the business uh yeah. i wear i wear i got like 10 pairs of sheet underwear i don't i don't even know how i accumulated them uh kill kill uh the he sent me a few of them but um yeah he's a the, good dude the first time I ever got a pair was from Brandon Davis. Uh, he, he's fighting UFC. And uh, he was like, I, I guess it was you, or I'm not sure, but someone sent him like 10 pair. It's like, man, you need to try these. Wow. And I, and I had one pair, and I was like, man, I love these bitches. I would try to, I would try to get that one pair washed like before every training session. And uh, now that I've got like 10 of them, that's all I wear. If, if I'm training or if I'm working, I'm wearing sheet underwear. And uh, if I, you know, if I'm just lounging around the house, of course, like I, I'll still wear you know, my regular boxers. But if I'm working, anything that's going to cause any kind of sweat, any kind of friction down there, the bitches are on, and I, my boys are tucked in the right pouches. I love it. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. I, yeah. I, that's cool to hear that you had heard from another fighter, and then. You know, we're we're trying to get us, uh, everyone that fights to know about us, and we want to be like a part of this whole journey because I think it's good for people. I think it's good for men, women, fighters, and and it's inspirational. It's entertaining. It's the best sport yeah. in the planet. I think for sure, like sheath underwear. I think that every man that does construction should have ten pair. Mm -hmm. I think that every that fights, that runs, that does any kind of sport in this world, he should have some sheet underwear. And that's that's the God's honest truth, dude. Like uh I've never I've never I've wore plenty of different kind of boxers and I've never had any that did the job like sheet. I swear to God. It's not trying to not trying to pump your nuts up or anything, but I appreciate it. I mean, and I advise anyone that enjoys fighting to watch some of Jason Knight's fights because they're very exciting. He's just, they're just going to get better. He's debuting in the PFL September. Uh, August 27th. There you go. And uh, one, yeah, one month. Dude, thank you so much for coming on here. That was so awesome to have you and to get to talk to you and just have a good conversation. That's what I, I enjoy doing that. So, for sure, man. Well, uh, one day when we're not on camera, I have to I have to tell you about the whole another dimension here. The the little talk we had earlier. I have Absolutely. to tell you the whole story. Everybody uh, I've ever told the story is you know the funniest thing and you know the funniest thing in the world to them. It was the the worst nightmare I've ever had, but it was uh, it was funny to everybody else. So we'll have to talk about that one day. Uh, I would look for, I look forward to it. We can do this again. We can talk about it at another time, but probably off camera. So 
Um, <laughs> I'll probably see. I'll see you around for sure. All right, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get off here. And get me something yeah. to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just your your Jason the Jason Knight on Instagram and JTK the Kid on Instagram. Uh, I, I hardly ever get on Twitter, but it's at Jason the Kid twenty three. Facebook is just Jason Knight, and then my my fan page on Facebook is Jason the Kid Knight. Snapchat at JTK the Kid. Um, I got a TikTok, but I hardly ever get on there either. It's at JTK the Kid nineteen ninety two. But uh, man, I appreciate you having me on the show, and hopefully, hopefully, we can get on here after my fight. Talk about the big win. Yes. And big shout out to Sheet Underwear, uh, my newest sponsor. But yeah, man, uh, I really appreciate it. And yeah, hundred. And all the all the bullshit I talked about, sheet underwear, that is one hundred percent authentic. You know, that's that's not just me trying to boost you up. I have to show you my hold on, I gotta show you my drawer real quick. Uh, let's do it. I love it. Cause I was I'm always curious that people are trying to gas me up and whatnot. Can you see there we it? go. There we go. She's she's more she's oh man yeah, that's all i wear baby thank you sir we're gonna even get you some more and i will go ahead and let you go so you can go ahead and pop off and i'll uh, i'll close it up all right brother you have a good one i appreciate you thank you i appreciate you so much that was awesome all right peace peace